Hey man, we launched a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did. Wow, I am shocked <laughs> that it went it went into that the world. People are actually listening. <laughs> well, either you're pressing refresh on your <laughs> download, or we're getting people to listen. <laughs> Was that me? Did I do that? Yeah, it made me wonder though if no. if people do create little little things to up their their view counts. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I have no idea how to do that. I mean, you can do that, and people will create, like, scripts and things to automatically do whatnot. I don't know how to do any of that. Yeah, write a work workflow to get your podcast to go higher <laughs> in iTunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing that we forgot is we launched, which was epic, um, but we forgot to tell people to rate and review. We did, we did. But, uh, so, I've never rated an app. Yeah, neither have I, to be honest. <laughs> so I don't really, I feel kind of bad asking people to do that just because I don't do that. Yeah, um, well, maybe now you'll start. Yeah, maybe in solidarity, I'll maybe start reviewing the apps on the iTunes store. Now you know how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, why do we need people to review them? Well, so we can, uh, what, what is the word? Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's so that we can be more easily discoverable on iTunes. So we'll come up as one of the, or we become a featured podcast if you get enough reviews and likes and shares and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be good if people do that. Uh, so uh, do you have any follow-up from our first episode? Oh, yeah. Let me pull up my notes here. I thought it was a really good episode. I was really pleased with it, and people told me good things about it, which is great. Yeah, I think the big the big one for me, I don't remember if I explicitly said this, even though you know I can't kind of am in the market for an upgraded phone because mine is broken. Mm -hmm. I'm not planning on getting the 10. Was that not made clear in our last episode? I don't, well, I don't know. You know, I felt, <laughs> I, w I was wondering, you know, that if it was, if our conversation, I didn't intend it to be, should I, should I do this or not? I'm mm -hmm. not going to do that because I don't think it's appropriate, A, and I just don't want it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't have anything from the show to follow up. Although I did have one new thing that maybe just sort of fits in in this catch-all moment. Um, before we get to talking about some things today, um, <laughs> I, I was in the library yesterday and I was really surprised because this lady tapped me on the shoulder and she said, uh, you young people, you're usually really good at this. Can you help me with the computer? <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. And so I went and God bless her. She didn't know how to play a DVD. Um, <laughs> on her, her computer uh, actually had a DVD player. She was in the library, so she was sitting at one of the, the PC desktops. Oh, I see, I see. And it, she didn't know how to do it, and so it was just kind of a cute, you know, helping this this older lady, you know, work through the the user interface. But she kept saying things like, "Oh, thank you, you know, you young people, you're so you're so good about this, you're so smart." I was like, "Man, <laughs> there it is." Yeah, somebody gave me a CD the other day, an audio CD, and I was like, "Yeah, what do you do with I, that?" Well, I don't know because I don't have a CD drive anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was it of? Uh, some prayers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you do anything with it. I think you get rid of it. Play frisbee. Put it in the microwave. <laughs> put it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Uh, I do have something I want to say about Thor, and it's not a spoiler. Okay. So I'm hoping we can actually have a little conversation about it. As follow-up. Um, I was really thinking about the ways in which we reflect on things. Hmm. Because, you know, I really didn't like the movie all that much. Mm -hmm. But it did give me a lot to reflect on. Mm -hmm. About, you know, goodness and beauty and how media hates religion. <laughs> uh, mm. And so in that sense, it kind of was good. Because it made me think. That's true. That's true. Um, maybe good in a different sense. So like, uh, useful, is that the word? Could be. I mean, I would have this same, I would put it in the same category, not in the same category, but this sort of feeling in the same category as having watched, uh, two really good shows, Battlestar Galactica and Breaking Bad. Ugh. These shows Oof. are ones that I, as I was watching them, did not enjoy. Hmm. Because I was hoping and hoping and hoping for something that never came. Which was? Redemption? Redemption, conversion, all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But having watched it, 
I can sort of, you know, break it apart and look at human interaction and decision and poor choices and all of that, which is good information for me to bring to prayer, personally to bring to prayer mm-hmm. and to sort of notice, you know, patterns and trends and things. Yeah. I mean, I think the genre of tragedy is yeah. cer- certainly allowed, right? I mean, like, yeah. not everything has to be uh, a full a full story going full circle. Um, you know, you can leave people on Good Friday. Yeah. But that's not where the story ends. No, the story doesn't end there. That's true. Um, and I guess you're you're pointing up uh, shows like Breaking Bad that, and I know I'll get flack for this because some people disagree with me, but the show doesn't end with any redemption. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I, yeah, a lot of people will hate us for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a story can end on Good Friday, but it doesn't have to be the end of the whole story. So like a, a chapter of it can end on Good Friday. Yeah. And there is, you know, there is room to let the imagination of the viewer take over. But if you're, you know, if your entire, if your entire run is leading you to something and you don't show that change will happen, mm-hmm. then the then the viewer is left thinking that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt at the end of Breaking Bad and at, at the end of Battlestar. Wow. Yeah, no, totally. No, so Thor did not do that. It did not do that, but it, it I'm making the comparison because it's a movie that I didn't like so much, <laughs> um, but that I still think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, I I don't know how how you're thinking about it, but the way that... I certainly don't think that movie in the same way, think about that movie in the same way as I think about a movie like Silence that just sort of stays with me and kind of haunts me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking about it in the same way at all. Yeah. And so I, I think that there is a class of movie that might present something that I don't agree with, um, nor do I think is a good story per se, kind of like Silence, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but haunts you, you know, in that sense, it, it stays with you long enough to where you can really start to chew on it deeper and deeper. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, like the more you gnaw on something, hopefully you're you're getting more juice out of it and not a sour take on it. Right. So because you can yeah. chew on something longer and it could seem like it's satisfying, but it's actually not giving you any satisfaction or any depth. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so I guess to clarify a little bit, I think the way that I'm still thinking about Thor is the ways in which I just think that it failed. <laughs> yeah, and so I stuck with you in that sense that it's like this is a this is a memorable experience of what not to do. Yeah, it's kind of like when one of your students writes a bad essay and then you <laughs> make fun of them for it. You know, then you black out their name and then you pass it around to everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a good example of how not to write a paper. We had that the other day. In oh, class. did you? Did you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it your paper? No, no. I was surprised though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have never been. As a student, I have never been the one who had an essay handed out as an example of what to do. Nope, me neither. And I still kind of hold it against my senior English teacher that (laughs) she never took my essays, you know, as examples. Hmm. (laughs) How does that make you feel? Actually, she was right. (laughs) (laughs) Because they sucked. Because they were terrible. Yeah, I'm not a very good writer. Yeah. And I certainly was not very good as a senior in high school. Well, good, man. Um, that's good for follow-up. What's, uh, what's on the docket for today? What do you want to chat about? So we celebrated here in the free United States of America. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really good. Okay. So we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Should I do that now? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So I thought we could talk about... Um, Thanksgiving, how we live it in community. Mm-hmm. Um, some things have come up recently in conversations with some of the people that I go to school with over emotions, particularly for me being very opinionated. Huh. Uh, and normal and unnormal <laughs> uh, stresses of the end of the semester, which I think everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the things that I'm looking to talk about today. Yeah, good. So uh, Thanksgiving, emotions, and stress? Yeah. Let's do it, man. What do you think? Yeah, sounds great. Um, so Thanksgiving, you claim, was last week? <laughs> yes. Not only do I claim it, but I freely claim it. You freely claim it? Well, I freely deny your claim. Oh, uh, yeah. In Canada, you celebrate Thanksgiving when? Man, I don't even know. Uh, it was like in October, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't celebrate American Thanksgiving, so... Explain 
Explain Canadian Thanksgiving to me. Canadian Thanksgiving happens in October. And that's about all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a celebration that's very similar to the one in the United States. The only problem is, though, Mm -hmm. it's on a Monday. Yeah. And I don't appreciate that just because we don't get a Friday off. And then the necessary Wednesday off. Yeah. And then the eventual full week off (laughs) that I think happened in the United States this year, where most schools were off the entire week. Were they? Yeah. We we only got Thursday and Friday off. Dude, like most high schools and grade schools were off the entire week, especially like in in Texas, in Dallas, and Houston, they were all off the entire week. They just just decided to call a spade a spade and say, look, look, no one's going to come to school, so we're just going to call it off. (laughs) Good. Good for them. Yeah, so I'm looking it up here, Canadian Thanksgiving. Let's see what this is about. Um, it's on a Monday, October the 8th next year. It's a Thanksgiving Day is an annual Canadian holiday occurring on the second Monday of October. Celebrates the harvest and other blessings of the past year. Huh. Yeah, I think that's just like the United States. Huh. How did you guys celebrate? Uh, it was very nice. We had the day off uh, from school, which is good. And then we had a big dinner at the house. Um much like we do in the United States, uh, some of the guys were given responsibility to make social, and they made mm-hmm. food for that. And then a lot of the guys that helped out with dinner, we split it up amongst everybody. And so some guys were doing sides, some guys were doing the turkey, some guys were doing the desserts, and we just had a big meal at the end of the day. Yeah, that's cool. How was your Thanksgiving? What did you guys do? Uh, pretty much the same thing. We got Thursday, Friday off, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned, <laughs> and we... So our community is a little bit bigger. It's like 80 of you, right? Yeah, we got together. We've got one room in all of our houses that can fit everybody. And some guys brought, you know, desserts and sides and turkeys. Uh, We had a prime rib this year that was really good. Did you make it? I actually didn't cook this year. You didn't smoke a turkey? (laughs) Nope, didn't smoke a turkey. You're so good at that. (laughs) Shut up. Remember that time you smoked a turkey in St. Louis? Yeah. And it was delicious. Stayed up all night and fell asleep. Oh, God. <laughs> You'll never live this down. Yeah. Was it worth it, though? I think you remember... I remember you saying... It was not. I remember you saying that your eyes were burned. I couldn't taste anything that day. <laughs> <laughs> My, somebody made, like, an olive little hors d'oeuvre, and literally <laughs> that the extreme salt from that was the only thing that I could taste. <laughs> it was the weirdest you thing. You deadened your taste buds. Yeah. Yeah, all the smoke. Wow, that's incredible. It, uh, yeah. Well, the problem was that we had dinner at like 1 o'clock. And so smoking a turkey takes a really long time. So you either work, wake up at like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning or just do it overnight. And I decided to do it overnight. Yeah, that was a bad idea. Yeah, it was not good. I mean, it was delicious, I think. So why, why didn't you cook this year? Uh, I don't know. I, I was just, well, and we'll kind of get into this with some of the stressors of the semester, but, you know, there's uh, there there's going to be opportunities in the future with Easter and to cook. Um, I enjoy it, but sometimes it can be, especially cooking for that many people, it can be a lot of work. Totally. And a lot of stress. So um, how much uh, did you buy on Black Friday? I bought $17 worth of stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What was the last stuff year? That you I spent a lot of money on Black Friday. Yeah. On what? Uh, last year it was shaving supplies. Nice. This year I bought some. Uh, where do I want to say? <laughs> okay. No, it's this this hair product that I like. That's usually a little bit more than five dollars, <laughs> and was <laughs> being being sold for or five dollars. Oh my god, you're so cheap. I did purchase some clothes on Monday, oh. Cyber Monday, because the pants that I <laughs> typically wear had holes in the pockets. And the clothing that you buy has to be made special by hobbits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's true. Don't deny it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so I bought new clothes. That's good. That's good. Um, so you guys had like a full five-day weekend. Yeah. Now, I normally have a four-day weekend. So... <laughs> so. Wow, life is hard, man. Uh, yeah, you know, living the life. Yeah, totally. Um, well, no, so not much highlight here. Last week, I was in the middle of class while you were roasting a turkey and enjoying the company of friends. I was in the middle of class, yeah. which was pretty terrible. Yeah, well, 
that's uh that's kind of what one of the ways that I wanted to one of the things that I wanted to talk about. How did you feel about knowing that your all of your American friends were celebrating Thanksgiving while you were in class? Yeah, well, uh you could probably answer this question for me. Um <laughs> because fear of missing out is my Episcopal mm, yeah. motto. That's <laughs> Yeah. That's you've got that bad. That's what I'll put it under my crest when I get <laughs> when I get my heraldry on. FOMO. Yeah. Um no, I get that pretty bad, man. And so I didn't get it so bad this year just because Thanksgiving isn't really my favorite holiday. Um Yeah. I don't really get much of a much joy out of Thanksgiving. It's like Okay, you know, I have memories of, you know, people cooking in the kitchen all day and watching TV on T, like movies on TBS, and that's about it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we didn't grow up playing sports on on uh, Holy yeah, Thursday or anything. I don't, I don't do that either. And to be honest, Thanksgiving food isn't even my favorite anyway. You know what? I agree. I don't really like turkey. Yeah, I mean the turkey's a and stuffing I find disgusting. <laughs> uh, you mean dressing? Yeah, because stuffing is gross. Um. People call it dressing, Bacteria. dressing and stuffing and all that kind of stuff. Innards. Stuffing is when you actually put it in the bird. And dressing is when you just make the bird stuff outside? Yeah. That's nasty. <laughs> yeah, cranberry sauce. What the hell is all this stuff, man? The best The best thing is eating, I don't know, mashed potatoes and pumpkin pie. Mm, pecan pie is my favorite. Why do you like pecan pie over pumpkin pie? In other words, why are you wrong? <laughs> I Well... I like them both, to be fair. Mm-hmm. TBH. TBH. Uh, you know, here's a funny story. Called? Called. <laughs> when I grew up, we would always go to my grandmother's house for holidays. Mm-hmm. Very small house um, and a lot of us. I, I'm the third of six kids. So my uncle and his three kids, my aunt and uncle, their three kids, and us would gather at my grandparents' tiny house, and we would just have a blast. You know, we'd... The kids would go run around, and the parents would sit inside and watch TV, mm-hmm. cooking and whatnot. Uh, but in the in my grandmother's front yard was a giant pecan tree. Oh, nice. And so part of growing up meant going out, picking up pecans, and cracking them and eating them there, and then saving a bunch to make a pecan pie. Wow. Wow. And the end of the story is Jonathan is actually allergic to pecans. <laughs> no, surprisingly. <laughs> um, no, that's really nice. That's really nice. And then the Bishop, we had a similar thing, right? People would go around and pick up all these pecans and everything. Yeah. I didn't realize pecans grew in East Texas. Yep. Man, you guys are basically Louisiana. <laughs> okay. You got pecans. You got pine trees. Yeah, bro. What do you What do you have that's Texan? Texans? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, do you guys get the sweltering heat and the oh, God, sprawling yeah. metropolis? Ugh. Yeah, you guys don't have a sprawling metropolis, though. You guys have, a, like, you know, rose festivals and things. That's true. The rose festival is pretty awesome. And now, this is not new, but, and now we've got azaleas. Oh, that's cool. So we've got roses and azaleas. Those are the big pulls for, for tea town. So uh, here's a question about uh, Thanksgiving for you. Have you guys set up your Christmas decorations yet? Uh, no. When is the right time to do that, Jonathan? Well, one of the houses in my community thought that three weeks ago was the right time. Really? And it is not, in fact, the appropriate time to do that. <laughs> three, <laughs> that is way too soon. Three, we- <laughs> three weeks ago they put up their Christmas tree? Yeah. That might not have been three, but it was a couple of weeks wow. ago. Wow. We, we oh, put up gosh. ours in my house on Wednesday this week. So two days ago. Okay. So you didn't even wait for Advent. No. No. This is our apocalypse tree. <laughs> what do you mean by apocalypse tree? Well, all Because the... <laughs> <laughs> I want one. <laughs> all of the readings at Mass have to do with the book of Daniel. And so, yeah. you know, this is our tree commemorating the end of the liturgical year. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, uh, no, so we put up all of our decorations on Wednesday. And it was funny because I was in charge of the music. And so I put on all this Christmas music, and it's like, this is odd. We're not even in Advent yet. Yeah. Yeah, you should wait. Advent's only going to be three weeks this year. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Christmas is on the fourth Sunday of Advent? No, it's on Monday. <clears throat> Monday. So you got to go to Mass two days in a row, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we do that anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Business as usual. So, yeah, no. so things here, once Thanksgiving passed, we only have, like, 
two we only had like two weeks left in the semester after your american thanksgiving <laughs> yes us too we're almost done yeah no so it's kind of crunch time here yeah yeah how are you dealing with that not great <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh being back in school um yeah yeah so you you mentioned that you want to talk a little bit about stress uh i was think i was thinking a lot about this just because um so i've i've been pretty stressed out with school uh recently yeah. but what's funny is that it's not it hasn't been like felt stress but just sort of like like i haven't been like overly anxious but just kind of aware of looming deadlines yeah and it hasn't hit me yet with the sort of urgency of having to get things done and it's kind of the problem when you have due dates that are so far away it's like yeah i know something is coming in the distance that i have to be ready for but i want to be like systematically working on it all the while um and so i'm trying to be good this year about like working on my things early but it's sort of like ends up spreading the butter over across the entire piece of bread. In other words, like all of the stress just gets spread out over a longer period of time. Yeah. What are some of the, if you don't mind saying, what are some of the things that you, like how do you re react, respond to high stress moments? Okay. So I kind of wanted to talk to you about this anyway, just because I am going to take exception to your question. Okay. If stress is a thing to be managed or alleviated, then it sounds like a bad thing. Yeah. So what is stress? Because if if all it is is a thing to be managed and discarded, then that means that it's something that is potentially not good. So you know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, I guess I was wondering into the, like, what is stress? What is it? Because that will help me answer the question of how to best behave when I am experiencing stress. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Now, this is so I'm going to just show my cards a little bit. So this is kind of what I'm uh, meditating about a little bit, sort of thinking about is so if we think about stress as like a thing that is experienced that is neither good nor bad, but it's just pressure. We talk about pressure. Yeah. And you're under pressure. Okay. So it's it's neither good nor bad, it's neutral. But it become it starts to contribute to my anxiety levels when I feel perhaps like maybe not like in a non-conscious way, I feel like the performance like my value as a person is contingent upon success on the performance mm -hmm. and that's when i feel like it becomes negative stress hmm. because i start wondering about like if i don't do this well then i'm going to and then fill in the blank right you know worst case yeah. worst case scenario here i'll be defamed and i will never be liked by anybody ever again or yeah you know and you're gonna fail out of the program and yeah and it seems like there's a lie built into that yeah. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure. But that causes sort of the kind of anxiety that we normally, I think, call stress at the end of a semester. Yeah. Unless unless I, I'm alone in that where it's the everyone just experiences the, the, you know, the countdown, but maybe the existential anxiety piece is not guaranteed. Yeah. I think for me, at least when I'm and I've been noticing it this week, um, when I'm sort of under the under pressure my reactions sort of rise along with that hmm. so that things that wouldn't normally give me pause are now really frustrating me. You know, things people say or don't do. So, for example, let's say a guy uh, in the house puts, the, puts some dishes through the wash but doesn't put them away. Okay. Normally, whatever, I'll put them away. It's fine. But now I get really upset. Hmm. So, like, when you're on a shorter fuse, uh, you know, things get to you quicker. Yeah. It probably has to do with the fact that we're so focused on the one thing, papers or whatever it may be, that we, like, all of our attention, all of our care, and all of our goodwill is sort of suspended. Yeah. You know, the paradox of this whole thing is, without all of that, we wouldn't write the papers. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, we're being able to work under pressure could be a good thing because it helps you to do the thing. And I think, honestly, that this sort of leads into um, what I wanted to talk about with being opinionated and being angry. Because the thing itself isn't bad. It's sort of the the actions that we take because of it and the way that it changes us hmm. into something negative. So, like, that old saying, practice makes perfect, is really good if you're doing the right thing. But if you're practicing the wrong thing, well, then it's never going to make perfect. And I think these emotions, these pressures, the stress, you know, 
having opinions, being angry. These are ways to do that, and then we can sort of see, ideally, what are our options, what are our paths here. Mm-hmm. I can Anger can lead to wrath, or it can lead to forgiveness. And similarly, what? Stress can lead to, what, performing better than you would have before, or it can lead to, what? A breakdown. A breakdown. Where you just crumble. Yeah. See, but without without that stressor on you, you're right. We just, you know, we flop onto the couch and we just forget to work because there's no there's no urgency. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there's no motivator. Yeah, but what's what's what I find frustrating, and I guess the reason I I keep wavering on this a little bit is just because it's sort of my lived reality right now with school. Is that like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine too. You know, I think that like we can we can maybe be a little bit perfectionistic and seek excellence to the point where what's expected of us is in you know to do to do well and to finish but then we demand of ourselves even beyond that right to go well beyond what the expectation is um yeah and it puts undue pressure on us yeah i think you know saint ignatius is a good example of that with his penance Mm. he really wanted to do something for god and yet it destroyed his body Mm. (laughs) so excessive penances yeah hmm no, that's good. I mean, like, and the analogy would be for us as writers is how is it that we maybe spend too much time writing or write too much or... Yeah, if we're neglecting the world for this one particular thing, well, maybe there's an issue there. Yeah, yeah. Now, going back to your uh, question from before, what is the best way for you to alleviate that kind of pressure? In other words, I think when we get back to the question of what does it mean to alleviate something, so... The the pressure itself is not bad. It's something that's built into any kind of experience that's trying to achieve excellence. Um, now the the problem is when we we make an exaggerated or pronounced or very like sharp emphasis on the pressure. The pressure starts to build up because we're very worried about the end. Um, yeah. So then it becomes something to try and mitigate. You try to mitigate the stress or the pressures. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's the issue. Is and this is something that I fall into. You know, at the end of the semester, it's like I feel like I have to be writing, be in the library, literally every hour that I'm not in class, mm. or have community obligations. And so there becomes no Sabbath, and this is something that you've talked about before. There becomes no time to not do any work. Mm-hmm. Uh, not I can't rest because I'm so consumed by that pressure Mm -hmm. and i think that's precisely where where it builds when we don't give ourselves that time to rest yeah yeah you know i had the experience this past sunday uh of i kind of failed at my sabbath a little bit because i took the day off from working but i was still thinking about the work that i had to do and i like physically took the sabbath but i couldn't like mentally take the sabbath so it just caused more anxiety and i wouldn't let myself work yeah which is very frustrating. Now, what methods have you developed for you to help alleviate some of that? Well, I'm not sure I have any. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's difficult. Uh, so for me, certainly in first studies, my big stress reliever was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, not, not only is it, is, it, is it an incredible physical workout, but you just leave everything on the mat. You know, you're completely exhausted. Any stress that you might have, you can, you know, choke people out. <laughs> and it's okay. Choke people out. That's, that's yeah. our lesson and here. it's okay. It's when you're stressed out, <laughs> choke somebody out. Yeah. Well, I think, well, honestly, I think you need to have healthy avenues for stress relief. And if we're just keeping them bottled up inside, well, they're going to explode one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And so are you going to let them out? Or are you just going to keep pushing it further down, waiting for it to fester and erupt? So for you, it has been really good with jujitsu, but you don't do that anymore. Yeah, and I've really been noticing it. It's really difficult. Dude, I'm in, I, I'm in the same boat, though, because for me, all of last year, you know what my thing was. CrossFit. Yeah, I was doing CrossFit all the time. I was going to CrossFit about five times a week. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it was, and it was awesome. Um, I only got hurt once, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, but I went five times a week and I loved it. And it was a great stress reliever in the middle of a semester um, as much as I hated exercising, but I don't do it anymore. Yeah. I think exercise is a huge component, should be a huge component to really any person's life, but especially somebody with, you know, 
doing graduate school, really any school. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, there's a deeper element here. Um, one of the things that one of my philosophy professors once told me uh, in the middle of class, he said that there is there's a tendency within students or people who exercise disciplines of the mind um, of divorcing, of spending so much time in their heads or so much time in the ethereal that they lose contact with the physical. Yeah. And then it becomes something like you said, sort of like a pent up sense of like being within your own world. But yeah, it's contradictory to our existence, right? That we're, yeah. we're not just mental beings. And as yeah. physical beings as well, we have to have physical ways of engaging reality. And those are ways in which we sort of reintegrate ourselves. Um, yeah. The word became flesh. Yeah. And I think what ends up happening in graduate school is that the flesh becomes mind. So we spend all yep. of our time, you know, think, yep. thinking and reading, which is wonderful. But how do we find ways of, you know, reincarnating ourselves into the world? Yeah. We kind of put all of that stuff on hold. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it's just on hold and not completely discarded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, but this gets to a different, a different problem for me though. And I, cause I wrestle with exercise, no pun intended a lot. And, <laughs> um, cause I mentioned this to you before and you got mad at me. We were both on an elliptical in Dallas one time and you said, I was like, why, why do I have to spend extra time apart to exercise my body? Should not my daily life be enough? Yeah. And you got mad at me for some reason. I don't remember why. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I remember this conversation. Yeah, I think, well, you said something along the lines of like, do you want to be an old guy that can't do anything? <laughs> was, it was, hmm. was, was kind of your response. And I said, no, I don't. Uh, but you're not answering my question, <laughs> which is, is like, for example, yeah. every day, Jonathan, I walk, I walk to class every day and it's 30 yeah. minutes one way. Yeah. It's a lot of walking. That's a, that's a lot of walking. Is that enough? You tell me. Well, apparently not. How's your body feel? How's your body feeling? Uh, I don't know if I want to answer that. <laughs> uh, it's feeling fine. Yeah, mine's a little soft. <laughs> well, I'm also on a diet. Ooh, I need to do that. Okay, so I am actually really interested in you answering my question, though, about what, why, so is it an indictment? Maybe I'm implying an indictment of our way of being as a society that my normal day-to-day -day existence is not sufficient for me to stay physically healthy? Yeah, I think I think there are too many... I think you're discounting some really important factors. Probably. Namely, the one that you're actually working on, diet. Ah, oh, diet. You know, we eat so much. I'm hungry, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that not what you're supposed to do when you're hungry? No. It's like there's a very simple formula to lose weight. Eat. Expel food. more calories than you consume. No, I don't buy into that. <laughs> Why not? Because that's the calories in, calories out myth. Is that not – is it? It's a myth, bro. Well, tell me why. Dude, look it up. It's a myth. Um, well, so one of the crazy like healthy people that I read a lot <laughs> – it's really big into this idea that it has a lot more to do with it has a lot more to do with your hormones and the balance in your hormones rather than on the caloric intake. Like how you process the calories that you consume is governed by your hormones. Because if your hormones are in a certain state, it might be telling your body to preserve as much calories as as you can because yeah. you need yeah. the calories. Yeah. Um so overly focusing on calories I think is a red herring. Well, do you know what my gut reaction is to the thing you just said? Uh, no. We're going to have to now spend even more money on supplements to balance our hormones. Or there's another solution to this problem. To eat to eat well. To eat well, yeah. But not to eat less. Yeah. See, because when you, when you put the focus on calories, what you're basically saying is that we eat too much relative to how much we spend. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. So that, that kind of simplistic formula works to an extent, but it's not the kind of solution that's actually going to get you to lose the weight that you need because you have to you have to consume calories to live and starving your body is not a good way of shedding the pounds. Yeah, it's not just calorie counting because then I could say, well, I'm just going to eat donuts and cake, but as long as I don't go over my calorie limit, then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not, yeah, that's not what I'm, what I was trying to say. You definitely need to eat well to eat real food. 
Why were we talking about this? Uh, healthy, I don't know, healthy lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were talking about stress. Yeah. Well, I think healthy eating is a big part of stress. Stress relief. Yeah. And honestly, when we start eating junk food, our attitudes go down. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, you, you get more irritable. Oh, I see. Because you're not healthy. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, no, yeah. So, like, when I deal with stress... Usually, it's by eating a ton of stuff. Um, exercising would be awesome, but I don't do that because apparently I am incapable of doing that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, your life should be enough. Your daily life. My daily life should be enough? Yeah, to keep you healthy. But it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're talking about food. Uh, oh, I see. I see. I see. Right. <laughs> because the exercise that I do walking to school every day should be enough to count for my exercise for the day. Yeah. And it might if you're eating real food. Because my trusty watch always fills out the green ring to tell me that I've exercised enough today. Yeah. Yeah. But I still gain a lot of weight. Dude, I need to stop eating those Snickers bars. Do you really eat Snickers bars? I don't. I don't. Um, I cut out two things. Tell me. I cut out sugar mm -hmm. and I cut out grain. Ooh, nice. So no grain whatsoever. So no flour, no rice, no corn, none of that. Yeah. Which is not that hard, but it also sucks because I really like bread. Yeah. Okay, so bring it back around, man, full circle. Let's talk again about, I mean, we did start talking about food when we talked about Thanksgiving, but let's talk about, continue talking about stress here. Bring it home. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important to 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 think about these things and to do things that actively help our, you know, our physical and mental well-being. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What is it what do you how do you understand being opinionated? What does that mean to you? Um well, I think is it a bad thing? I think I think when people use it they use it as a as a, an insult or an accusation. Yeah. And so that's how I've been receiving it. Yeah. And so like when someone says you're you're highly opinionated, what they're saying is you are someone who thinks that, you know, that well, that has too much to say about any given topic. Yeah. Um, or it can never just be OK with things uh, as other people say them. Like you always have something to say extra. Yeah. Is that right? Is that how yeah. you understand it? Yeah. 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 So a little bit of context. The most uh, one of the more recent ones was when I'm as I talk about comic book comic books and comic book movies, mm -hmm. you know, these are things that I really like. And so I'm going to have very strong opinions about them, mm -hmm. which is not to say that I am completely, I hope at least that I'm not completely closed off to people's, to other people's opinions and to changing my own mind. I think I'm actually pretty good about that. You know, if, if my way of thinking is flawed, then I want to change that. But that doesn't mean I can't have, I can't have my own thoughts and the things that I think are right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of struggle when, People just sort of dismiss this idea of being opinionated as being just completely out of place. And uh, it's like, I think it's actually a healthy thing. That means you're thinking. Right. That you have that you have a point of view and that you're not willing to just go with the crowd. Yeah. So, but when people call you opinionated, they're saying you can, you're entitled to what you say, but can you never just let it go? To not care. Yeah, I think that's kind of what people are saying is that, like, maybe don't take this thing so seriously. Like, people say that... Don't I'm, care so much. Yeah. Right. Don't care so much about this. This is not that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah, I have a problem with that. Why is that? A big one, I, a big one, I think. Because I don't want to not care about things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's as simply as I can put it. Right. And when, you, when you're accused of being opinionated, what people are saying to you is that you're, you're thinking too much about things. Yeah. Which is interesting because they're telling me not to think. Hmm. That is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think it's bad to be opinionated. I'm certainly very opinionated. <laughs> Would you consider yourself opinionated? No, I just consider myself <laughs> someone who engages what he cares about. Yeah. Well, and I, I think a broader, so sort of the broader context of this for me at least is things that we often, like the difference between, okay, well, am I, is my being opinionated, is that going to lead me to kind of what I just said? Is it going to lead me to uh, clo be closed off to anybody else's point of view or is it going to help me explore um, truth and reality in the world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think that first case is where yeah it is a bad thing mm -hmm. but that doesn't that's not necessarily going to be the outcome right right but it, people might be threatened because you have something that you stand for right that you believe in something yeah 
Yeah. Um, you know, people always say that I have very strong opinions, which is another way of saying that I'm opinionated, I guess. Yeah. But I'm with you. It's like, if I care about things, which I should care about things, I think, um, if I do care about them, then shouldn't I have strong opinions about it? Yep. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like the stress conversation. If there's a disproportionate amount of care and import given to things that are disproportionately not worth caring about. So kind of like comic books, for example, comic book movies, maybe we care about them too much and people think that we're overly opinionated about them because they should, they don't require that much attention. Yeah. But I, yeah. And I think that's precisely the problem, (laughs) you know, that people aren't taking the time to really delve into the things that they think and care about. Mm -hmm. They just want everything to be presented to them in a nice, neat little box. And I'm of course generalizing now. It's like, how am I going to take this piece of literature, this poem, and how do I feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I think about this? How does this challenge my worldview? Right. And if it doesn't, is that worth reading? Is that worth looking at? Um, no. Yeah, I think that what what ends up happening is also is that when I get when I get a chance to express myself uh, in my opinions, and I don't feel like they're being listened to. Yeah. And I don't feel like people and people are just writing them off. I get very frustrated, and I usually get very yeah. I usually get pretty angry about it too. Yeah, well, is that an appropriate response I th- to not being heard? Well, I don't know, man. There are some moments in my life where I feel like people don't listen to me, and I really hate that. Yeah. Um, where I find myself expressing a point of view that I care about, and then people write it off as insignificant. And then yeah. what ends up happening is that I feel unvalued, and I feel like I'm not allowed to care about things as much as I do, apparently. Yeah. That's how you feel, too? Oh, yeah, all the time. You know, I was just having a conversation about Justice League and BVS. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that stuff. I just thought the movie wasn't acted all that well. <laughs> I just kind of threw up my hands and walked away. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. And I think that does make you opinionated in the eyes of people who don't care about the thing. Um, yeah. You know, but part of the problem, though, and I think this is where you probably don't do very well when it comes to communication, is that p- part of the problem is that you have to give – you have to give – to the other person an opportunity to care about what you care about. Um, so I think that you you have a tendency of just saying, look, we obviously are at an impasse. I care about this thing. You're not listening to me. So I'd rather just disengage than, than engage mm. this. And then I have the opposite, I have the opposite yeah. weakness, which is instead of disengaging, I overly engage, right? Yeah. And then I saturate the person with me um, yeah. until, until I can beat them into submission, um, <laughs> you know, into agreement. Right. And I think that's one of the differences in our personalities is that instead of I'm a very forceful person and you're a very accommodating person. Um, Mm -hmm. So like you have opinions, but then you don't go far enough to get those opinions to be communicated in a way that's receivable. Whereas I have the problem of being overly opinionated and not leaving leaving room for people to express any difference. Yeah, that's interesting. Like this, this came up this week because we had in one of our classes, we had a, a whole conference on conflict resolution. And we did this little survey, which is awesome, where we tallied all of our different um, methods for engaging conflict. And I came out very strong on being forceful, um, where like you can be forceful, accommodating. um, You can be forceful, accommodating, compromising, uh, or avoiding. And I found that I was very high in uh, forcing and then... My second one was collaborating. But there were some hmm. guys that I talked to who were very high on accommodating and avoiding. Hmm. And I think you would fit that category. Probably. Yeah. You know, so the question is, when you're faced with a conflict, do you engage? And how do you engage? And then the sep- second question was, if you are in a conflict that's high in emotion, does that change the way you engage? Yeah. And it did for me. When, when emotion gets involved, I move from forcing to collaborating. Hmm. What does that mean? forcing to collaborating so a forceful person is someone who and it's not a bad thing it's a good thing but it's someone who you know stands by what they know and what they believe and want to communicate that as clearly as possible and kind of don't back down from that whereas a collaborator is someone who's willing to work with the other person to find not a compromise per se but also to find uh, a unified way of answering the question and i move into that space once emotions have reached fever pitch but I don't start yeah. there. I start with, I know what's right, and I <laughs> I want you to understand yeah. that. Yeah. 
Whereas I think the the avoiding and the accommodating, which I think you are more along the lines of, is someone who's just willing to say, look, when things get into conflict, I'd rather just let the other person have their way. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true That's to you? Interesting. Um, yeah. I have to think about that. Um, and I mean, the reason I bring it up now with this question of being opinionated is because no one's ever accused of being opinionated if it's outside of the context of being in a conversation that becomes a little bit contentious. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Because, you know, when I... So when I sort of step back, usually it's because I feel like I'm not being heard and this person's going to do what they want anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to wait for them to come to the light of the truth of what I'm, what I'm believing. Mm-hmm. So you well, say that one more time that you you would much rather just disengage and allow that person to. Yeah, I mean the old saying, "Do what you want, you will." Anyway, hmm. that's kind of. Is that an old saying, or is that just your saying? That might just be my saying. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the question here is, I mean, because I've gotten in trouble for being too angry and being and being overly forceful with people, um, because I let my emotions get the best of me and I don't know how to handle conflict very well. Uh, and maybe you have the opposite problem where people call you opinionated because you walk into a room, you say what you think, they don't agree with you, and so you walk away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Is that a good? That's a pretty good assessment of you, you think? I think so, yeah. What would be your assessment of me? I mean, I've kind of said what I think about my way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. You know, you, hmm, it takes a while for you to understand things, which I think is a good thing because you're act- that means you're actually thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And trying to piece it together. Um, Are you calling me slow? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that also, I think that also means that, yeah, kind of like what you were saying, you're, there's also an element of that where you know what's right. And anything that challenges that, well, it's not that you're dismissing it, but you really want to know if it does. Right, right. I, mean, I think there's a certain level of integrity in that, not to speak well of myself, but like, I, I know what I believe and I like what I believe and I wouldn't believe yeah. it unless I thought it was true. Right. So I think that's the virtue that goes along with it. But the vice, how would you describe the vice that goes with it? Well, for for me, I think it would be, I think people perceive me as being dismissive. Mm-hmm. I think for you, what would it be? Overly? Probably arrogance, huh? Yeah, maybe some arrogance. Criti- overly critical. Yeah. No, this is good. This is really good. So maybe when people say that you're opinionated, they're, it's code for... Uh, yeah, you have strong opinions, but then you don't put in the work to help me understand your opinion. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I used to do <laughs> in Dallas, I don't really do it so much out here, is just say, that's dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dumb. I think that that's part of, I think, where people maybe pick up on that for me. Well, is where I just kind of dismiss things as being dumb. Yeah. See, without without really explaining why. Right. And I think that's the problem is that it's not it's not that you have opinions, is that you don't go far enough to get those opinions yeah. to be communicated. Yeah. Yeah, you should work on that. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> yeah. I have recently in my memory many experiences of getting upset at people and realizing after the fact that I blew up out of out of a certain sense of arrogance or a certain sense of frustration where it's like I could have been a little less forceful. Yeah. Do you think there's space? Could that be a healthy thing to sometimes blow up? Um, kind of like what I was what I was talking about before with with um, jujitsu having a healthy way of relieving physically relieving that stress. You know. Well, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how much you want to go into this. There, there is a struggle here that is cultural because yeah, yeah, because I I don't consider like the dissimilarity between what you just suggested and anger is that you know we don't have like we don't have like arenas where we can put on certain clothing and then just go and yell at each other for a while and then call it even um (laughs) yeah yeah but you know there is a certain way in which different cultures express anger and you know i (laughs) i've been in situations with you with your family where you know where conflict (laughs) is expressed in very different ways than my family um how does your family just silence yeah we wait Whereas my family, I don't know if you've ever been present for it, but my family expresses anger in a very different way. Yeah. I think this gets to a bigger issue that we sort of, and I guess where I'm trying to go with this is the importance and really the need to struggle with people that you care about. Hmm. You know, if you're just, if you're just approaching relationships as sort of, this is going to be easy and I don't have to work at it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
well, that's not going to be a very good relationship. And so I think it's very healthy to argue with people because not only do you get to really see how this person, what this person believes and how they think, but you get the experience of struggling through something with somebody. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's awkward in community because you live with these people. Yeah, but I think it's healthy. And the most dysfunctional communities that I've lived in are the ones where people don't talk to each other. Even when it's like, you know, when you're mad at somebody, especially, right? Like there's... Yeah, hmm. yeah. Passive aggressive um, things come up. You know, that's far more unhealthy than active aggressive. <laughs> you think so? I do. Yeah, I do. Because once you say something mean, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. But people go on and on and on with these notes. These notes? What is that? Yeah, putting notes on boards or sending out emails or... Yeah, passive aggressiveness has sort of no end. Yeah. Yeah, it's being the anonymous person on the internet. You can say whatever you want. Whereas if I say something ugly to you, I'm going to feel bad about it. Hmm. So it's like death by a thousand cuts versus, you know, just getting it out in the open right away. Yeah. No, I feel that, man. I mean, my, my problem, though, is that when when my emotions bubble over because of personality differences, then and also, I mean, the stress conversation factors in again, because I when I'm super stressed, my default setting is not to shut down, which it might be for you. Yeah. You know, you when you get stressed, you lock yourself in your room and you watch YouTube. Um, <laughs> when I get stressed, I, you know, become very irritable and I also can get easily ticked off, you know, about things. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of knowing somebody. Mm. Like, I know that you do that, and you know that I do that. Mm -hmm. And we, and we, our relationship, you know, I think is better for it. You can call me out when I'm watching too much YouTube, and I can tell you to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, the, the, the irony of it all, though, is if you tell me to shut up, then I just, I, I just get angry. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I push your buttons on purpose. <laughs> you know, when you say things like that, I have to edit them out. <laughs> oh, my God.